What is the second Passover? We just read in the Torah that normally on the 14th day of the month of Nisan, the Jewish people were supposed to bring a Paschal lamb. And they took the meat from the Paschal lamb and they ate it at the Seder. That was the official mitzvah of Pesach. Pesach meant the Paschal lamb. God jumped over the houses of the Jewish people. Therefore, we thank him by the fact that we eat the Korban Pesach. However, in order to bring a Korban Pesach, you had to be pure. If you came in contact with a dead body, for example, for seven days you were impure, and you could not bring the Paschal lamb. Or, let's say you were sick, you were far away from Jerusalem, you couldn't make it there in time. And therefore you missed the opportunity to bring the Paschal lamb. What do you do then? Says the Torah that the first year when the Jewish people were in the desert, which means the second Passover that they celebrated, God told Moses to remind the Jews and tell the Jews to prepare a carbon Pesach, a Paschal lamb. There were those that were impure. And they came to Moses. And they said to Moses, Why should we lose out? Why should we not be able to participate by bringing the Paschal lamb because we are impure? So Moses said, hold on, let me find out from God what to do. I'll ask my teacher, I'll ask God. So Moses turns to God and says, God, what are we supposed to do? There are those people who want to bring the Paschal lamb, but in your Torah, you have forbidden them because they are impure. And so God tells Moses the following, we are going to start a new holiday in their merit because they are so sincere and they want so much to bring the Paschal lamb and participate in this ritual. So the following month, the 14th day of the month of ER, those people that could not bring the Paschal lamb a month ago because either they were impure or they were distant or they simply decided they didn't want to do it and now they changed their mind. They can now bring the Paschal lamb and fulfill the mitzvah. This is called Pesach Sheni, the second Pesach. As the previous Rebbe says, the lesson of Pesach Sheni is, it's never too late. We could always make things right. We could always fix things. It doesn't matter what happened up until now, we have the power to change. Now let us analyze the differences between the first Pesach and the second Pesach and apply it to our daily life. When it came to the first Pesach, there was a prohibition of which means on Pesach, not only are you not allowed to eat chametz for seven days, but no chametz is allowed to be seen in your house or found in your house. So you have to rid your house of chametz. You take all the comments out of the house. Or, nowadays, we lock it up in a cabinet and we sell the chametz. But it's not ours. We don't even own chametz. So not only do we not eat chametz for seven days, but we're not allowed to have possession of chametz for these seven days. Number two is, the holiday lasts for seven days. It's not a one-day holiday. It's a seven-day holiday. Now contrast this with the second Pesach. 
Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni is only a one-day holiday. You bring the sacrifice on the 14th day of the month of Eor, and that night you eat the Karben Pesach. So it's a one-day holiday. And furthermore, instead of being a seven-day holiday, being a one-day holiday, on that one-day holiday, <clears throat> you are allowed to have chametz in your house. You don't have to sell the chametz. You don't have to do bedikas chametz the night before and search for the chametz and rid yourself of the chametz. The chametz could be sitting on the table. And you are now celebrating Pesach Sheini, the second Passover. So how do we reconcile these two ideas? In Judaism, there are two paths. There's the path of the tzaddik, the righteous person, and there's the path of the baltruva, the returnee to Torah and mitzvahs, the returnee to Judaism. The baltruva, the master of return. The path of a tzaddik, which we call a FFB, a from from birth, one who does the things right, the goody-goody, that righteous person, what does it mean to be righteous? Not only to do acts of goodness and kindness, for that is the definition of a tzaddik from tzedakah, to do acts of goodness and kindness, but a righteous person also refrains from evil. Not only do they refrain from actually doing evil, but a healthy, secure person, one who is a good person and a tzaddik, not only refrains from doing evil, but they do not bring evil into the home. Something which is bad, something which is dangerous, something which is unholy, you don't bring into the house. In other words, a tzaddik, a righteous person, will refrain from eating non-kosher. Okay? So it means I won't go to a non-kosher restaurant to eat. But it also means I will not bring non-kosher into the house. Because if I'm not eating it, I don't want it to be there because I may, by mistake, come to eat it. So, I get rid of it. It's not in my home. So, the first thing is, a tzaddik, who's doing the thing right, when it comes to the first Pesach, for seven days, he has no chametz in the house. Not only does he not eat chametz, but he makes sure to remove all the chametz, or get rid of the chametz. It's not his. Why? Because chametz represents the concept of ego, arrogance. Just like the bread rises, it becomes haughty. One who is haughty, one who is arrogant, represents the evil inclination, the Yetzirah, the Satan. The source of all evil is arrogance. I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you, I know what I'm doing, you know nothing. I have a right, you have no rights, etc., etc. So, we have to remove the chametz from our home for these seven days. So not only is it prohibited to eat, but I don't want to be in contact with it. I don't want to see it. I have to remove it from the house. This is true for the tzaddik. The baal the one who returns to Yiddishkeit, unfortunately, he made the mistake. He sinned. But now he's returning. He's coming back. We say that when it comes to tshuva, how long does it take to return? How long does it take to do tshuva? 
And what happens when you do tshuva? So there are two things. Number one, the time. The Zohar says, You could do tshuva in one moment, in one hour. You could turn your life around. A new resolution, a paradigm shift, tshuva. I returned. I'm back. I'm home. I changed my mind. I'm going to do the right thing from now on. That's tshuva. So you don't need seven days for the second Pesach. All you need is one day. I did tshuva. I returned. Furthermore, I could have chametz in the house. Why? Because when you do tshuva, the power of tshuva is not only from now onward, I'm going to be better, or from now onward, I'm going to do the right thing, but tshuva is so powerful that retroactively, it changes the past. It's a gift. It's the only thing in this world that goes back in time. The power of tshuva. Because tshuva is beyond creation. It's beyond time and space. So when I do tshuva now, all the sins that I did in the past, not only are they erased, not only is there no remnant of that sin, but those sins get transformed into mitzvahs. They get transformed into positive commandments. I get reward. I get credit for those mistakes and those sins of the past. And that is the concept of Pesach Sheni. Number one is, it's one day. Tshuva is beyond time and space. I can do it in one minute. Number two, I can have chametz in the house because the chametz now becomes kosher. What I did in the past is now transformed. I can use now that ego to serve God. How? By lifting up my spirits, by lifting up my pride and saying, no, I'm going to do the right thing regardless of what my neighbors think of me regardless of what my family thinks of me, regardless of what all my friends think of me, it doesn't matter. I'm going to use my ego to serve God with joy. A transformation, a paradigm shift, the concept of tshuva. And this explains an interesting story in the Gemara. It says that Rabbi Lozer ben Dudaya was a person that went throughout the entire world to find a harlot. He would spend money on the top harlots he would save up money and travel miles and miles to a far distance. Whenever he heard about a new harlot, he would go there. And finally, he heard about the number one harlot. He saved up a lot of money. He traveled a long way and he came there and the harlot embarrassed him. And he realized that his whole life was debased. He realized his whole life was a waste of time. And he walked out. He sat down on the ground began to cry, he regretted his past, he did tshuva, and his soul left his body. The Talmud says, Abilazer ben Dudaya, even though his whole life was debased, the last moment he did tshuva, came along a heavenly voice and said, Abilazer ben Dudaya has a place in paradise, has a place in the world to come. One moment he did tshuva, one moment he turned around his life. When Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi Rebbe, the author of the Mishnah, heard about the story, it says, Bocha Rebbe, he began to cry. He said, wow. Wow. A person can acquire the world to come in just one moment. And then there are people throughout their entire life working on acquiring the world to come. 
So Bocha Rebbe, Rebbe cried. What is the idea of he cried? What does it mean? He cried. Why does Gemara have to tell us this detail that he cried? The idea of crying represents a level beyond intellect. When you can't comprehend something, when it's beyond your grasp, the only way you can respond is by crying. You can't articulate it, you can't explain it, but you feel there's something there which is wild and crazy and beyond your imagination, and you have to just let go, you begin to cry. Rebbe, when Rebbe heard this, he was aroused to do tshuva. He was aroused to return to God the same way Rabbi Lazar ben Nidaya returned to God. Why? Because even a tzaddik, even a righteous person, needs to do tshuva. As it says, when Mashiach will come, one of the accomplishments of Mashiach will be that even a tzaddik will come to do tshuva. Now what does that mean? If he's a tzaddik, why does a tzaddik need to do tshuva? One of the explanations is that a Balchuva, one who returns to Judaism, has within them, as we say in America, fire in their belly. They're excited about Yiddishkeit. It's a new thing. And they feel they lost so much time, they need to make up that time. So everything is done with tremendous passion, intensity, joy, love for God to do that mitzvah. A tzaddik could be a person who does everything right, but they lack that fire, they lack that excitement. They lack that enthusiasm. So a tzaddik will do tshuva means that that tzaddik will now reach the level of a bal tshuva of, of a returning to Yiddishkeit. Bochor Rebbe, Rebbe began to cry. He wanted to reach this level of Rabbi Lozab and Dedaya to have that intensity. But yet, we don't find that he had that transformation. Even though he was a holy tzaddik, he was called Rabbeinu HaKadosh, but we don't find that a heavenly voice came out at that moment and said, Ah, oh, Rebbe has a place in the world to come. Even though he did. Because there is something unique about one who's been there and come back. I was there. I was transformed. And now I'm a new person. So this is the idea of tshuva. This is the idea of Pesach Sheni. This is the idea that each one of us has the ability to start all over again. And even if we are at tzaddik, even though we are doing the right thing, yet we still have the power to jump, to pass over, to reach a new level and become that bal tshuva, that in the home there could be chametz on the table, and yet we are celebrating the holiday of Pesach. This is the way the world will look when Mashiach will come.